Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Financial Flex with Lex. Let's change the way we talk about money. I'm your host, Alex, and I hope that you are doing just fine on this super sunny Tuesday. Well, at least it's sunny where I am. All right, so today's episode is actually going to be a rerun, but to give it a little bit of, I don't know, freshening up, I'm going to just, I don't know, spend a few minutes talking about a few thoughts that have popped up in my head over the last week or so. The first one being, and I am going to admit it out loud on the podcast, is that I have a shopping problem. Um, I don't know why this is happening, <laughs> but I'm buying clothes like it's nobody's business. And I don't know if it's because I'm like, I don't know, I think over the last year, I've kind of not developed an interest in fashion. Um, I'm not someone who knows all of, this, all of the designers and all of like the latest, hottest fashions, but I kind of like developing my own personal style, and I guess I like to experiment. So whether it's thrifting or just buying clothes from sites like Zara or Princess Polly, I'm just kind of like wanting to experiment and the fact that like summer's coming up I'm like oh this would be such a fun time to like experiment with this outfit or create this look and so I don't know I'm like shopping a lot more um but hopefully well actually you know what honestly I take care of what I need to take care of and the money that I have left over I'm like all right well I'm just going to spend it or save it or what have you so I I honestly don't feel that bad but it is like a little like whoa because I've never um, been that kind of person before to like buy clothes like that like before I would buy clothes maybe like I feel like once or twice a year or like whenever I had like a specific thing to go to I'd be like oh I need to shop for this but I don't know it's been kind of nice I honestly see why people shop when they're sad because it kind of gives you a little like dopamine boost a little bit um, the next thing I wanted to just like briefly mention is just like this whole debate that's going on right now online about sustainability, fast fashion, and all of that. Um, if you follow me on my personal Instagram, which is that's so Lex with a zero, like the the O and so is spelled with a zero. But if you follow me on there, I took a poll or I did a poll, um, asking just the people who follow me, like, um, do you think fast fashion is bad or you know are you into it or then also um man I'm blanking on the other question what was the other question oh um do you think fast fashion is bad and then also do you you know think hauls during this time of the pandemic was pretty insensitive um and so it's just interesting to get people's thoughts and a lot of people messaged me sharing me their thoughts which is always fun I love like having that conversation with people But yeah, I think, I mean, it's so tough because fast fashion mimics high fashion and high fashion is so expensive. Like I was watching a haul the other day um, from this YouTuber named Aaliyah's Face and she was going over some of her purchases and she had some high end and then some things from like some like a fast fashion place like Zara. But like the high fashion pieces, like it was like a thousand dollars for a shirt. And I was like, oh my goodness, like that's insane that like people have enough money to spend a thousand dollars on a shirt. Like if I did that, my whole entire paycheck would basically be gone. I mean, I had have a couple hundred dollars left, but like 
I can't spend a thousand dollars on a shirt so that's really fascinating for me but fast fashion mimics high fashion and if you don't have a thousand dollars five hundred dollars what have you to drop on a designer piece then like Zara is a perfect option because there are so many you know dupes of designer designer like outfits and stuff and so I think it's hard to kind of chastise people or you know judge them for shopping fast fashion because it's like okay you want to stay on trend you want to experiment you want to maybe even test out to see if you like that style before making that big commitment to the designer piece like there's so many things that go into it I just think it's kind of lame that people are judging others for their where they spend their money and also I understand that like fast fashion has a lot of waste but so does high fashion and these companies that claim to be sustainable honestly they're not um, a lot of times they may give a teeny 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 tiny portion of their earnings and put it back towards like you know recycling material or finding more sustainable ways to make the clothing but you really don't know that you're not in the factories with them you're not in the boardrooms with them you don't really know what they're doing and I know this I know this from experience because I actually worked for a company that was greenwashing so I worked for a junk removal company um, a few years back as a customer service rep and a lot of the times a lot of the customers would actually you know book with us because on our site it did say that we would try to recycle the items like we wouldn't just dump them in a landfill and so people were like oh I like that like I like that you guys do that however like 99% of the time the items wound up in the landfill like even though people looked at us like a green company and even though we said on our website that oh that we try to recycle your items we never did and so I've seen how companies can do that so yeah it's just I would love to do a full episode on it and honestly I probably will I just need to like sit down and like do the research and and, you know educate myself a little bit more I believe I did watch in an episode of uh, Patriot Act or Explained on Netflix one of the two one of them had an episode about fast fashion and just like how it's kind of detrimental but honestly like people can't afford these sustainable brands like uh, brands like Reformation and Aritzia are so expensive like I'm not paying $200 for a basic sweaty that a sweaty a basic sweater that I can get at like Walmart for like 10 bucks especially if it's like basic pieces like nicer things maybe but like basic basic like camis hoodies things like that like I'm not trying to spend you know a thousand dollars not gonna happen so yeah, I'm probably going to do an episode on that because I don't know, I find that interesting and you know, how people choose to spend their money. No, no judgment if you decide, if you decide to do, do designer, fast fashion, whatever, none of my business. But um, yeah, I just think that it's interesting. I wanted to share my thoughts with you guys on that. Um, we have hit 10k on my loans. I think I said that last week, but the payment hit so we see we see that change reflected on my account we are in there almost done this is probably attributing to my shopping habit because I'm realizing that we're so close and I'm kind of like losing steam a little bit because it's been four years I am drained I want to spend my money on something else other than loans just to give you guys a little breakdown of like how much money like goes 
towards my loans like from my paychecks and, and like how much I have left to work with okay so I get paid basically around $1,700 every two weeks um my rent is my part of the rent is 350 then I pay for our car insurance which is $80 then I pay our phone bill which is $130 and then um I put like $700 between five to $700 every paycheck towards my loans so I'm left with only a couple hundred bucks to last me the next two weeks and what I mean I'm living paycheck to paycheck like I'm just gonna be so honest with you guys living paycheck to paycheck and it's there have been times where I've been like I don't know if I can do this any longer and I think that's why I'm shopping because it kind of makes me feel a little better I'm like okay well I took care of business like I can do this but um I also split up so like my first paycheck of the month that goes towards all of like the bills and things like that but my second paycheck I do have a little bit more money because I'm just putting that paycheck towards loans um so I have a little bit more money to work with on my second paycheck but still it's rough and I'm just really ready to be done but once again I'm so thankful for this opportunity that I have to pay off these loans and be debt free and change the course of my family tree like it'll be so nice not to have debt like I was talking to my aunt the other day and she was like I'm just gonna be in debt forever and she said it kind of joking but I don't think she was joking and it kind of made me sad to think that like there are people out there who are so buried in debt that they're like I'm just basically going to like die with this debt um I don't want that for my life like I want to be able to enjoy my money um I want to be able to help people when they need it I think that's like my biggest thing is just being able to help people um and having the money to do so because right now it's like I'm like I literally don't have you know a whole lot of money to give I I I try to give when I when I have cash or where I can but it'll be so nice to like bless others and be like you know what hey like you know you've fallen on some hard times let us cover your rent for you for like a year like John and I have talked about doing stuff like that and I love that me and him are on the same page when it comes to things like that because there's some people who could easily be like absolutely not I'm not paying your loans we're not doing this like you take care of that you know on your own time but um, I do recognize like how big of a blessing it is to have someone like John um, you know help me with this because honestly I don't think I would have gotten this far without him but let it be known that I helped him with his loans too so you know it's a give and take situation granted he did have less than I did um, but yeah I'm just really excited to see what life was like on the other side of debt um, and just being able to I don't know generate wealth and um I don't know just change our change our family tree we've already been talking about like um you know when we can like buying property and kind of turning that into a creative space or something like that just a a space for creatives to come and shoot and brainstorm and just like a really cool vibe and I'm realizing that I love to like decorate spaces and stuff like that so but that's something that's in the long term future nothing short term right now nothing that will that'll happen right now but yeah I realize that I'm rambling and I've rambled on for too long so I'm going to end this little update here um if you don't follow me on financial flex podcast on Instagram do so if you haven't left a rating and review do so and if you haven't shared this podcast with a friend or anyone the guy that's singing on the train do so um I hope that you guys enjoy today's rerun with Sherry. I think this is probably one of my favorite episodes that I've done. 
and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Hey guys, welcome back to the final episode of 2019 of Financial Flex with Lex. The podcast will be taking a break and I'll be back with more interviews and stories to share in 2020. On today's episode, we have Sherry Penn. She is the author of the Kai and Izzy Tales. Almost two years ago, Sherry left her home in Central Florida to pursue her dream in Atlanta. The life of an entrepreneur isn't for the faint of heart, and Sherry can wholeheartedly agree. Um, I actually met Sherry through a mutual friend, hey Bria, if you're listening, Um, and I thought that she would be perfect to talk about um, entrepreneurship and money and, you know, just the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that, you know, no one ever really, like, talks about or shares. She opens up about the struggles of believing in your dreams when your bank account states otherwise, not wanting to become a slave to money, and why going to graduate school may not have been the best option for her. Before we jump right into the interview, I do want to get a little personal with you guys. For a better part of the year, I would say probably for the last like eight months, um, Money simply ruled everything around me. I was very caught up in budgeting and pinching pennies. And while by doing this, we were able to, you know, put $13,000 towards student loans, you know, paying off John's student loans and then starting to, you know, pay mine off, I started to develop anxiety over money. Um, I already have anxiety like outside of money but this was just like an added on stressor if you will um I was you know fearing that we'd be burdened with you know my student loan debt for forever and you know um back in 2018 um the beginning of 2018 I actually lost my first job um if you go back to one of my very first episodes I believe it's actually the first episode um I am sitting in my closet talking about how I basically like just quit, just got fired from my job. And so with that, I've developed a bit of anxiety over jobs. And so at any moment, I'm always thinking, oh my goodness, I can, you know, be let go. And that we'd go from being like a two income household to just one. And, you know, this year we finally like moved into our own place. And so there's a different level of I guess, um, 
urgency or just wanting to make sure that you know that we'll always be good that we'll always have enough money for rent we'll always have enough money to buy groceries to get gas basically cover our basic needs and I felt myself being so zeroed in on trying to get out of debt and you know making sure that we had enough that I just you know developed anxiety I kind of let you know relationships and friendships fall to the wayside I my social anxiety is worse than ever because you know I instead of making plans with friends I would stay home in order to save money and some days most days I feel like a prisoner trapped in my own head but um I was so caught up in worrying about money that I never took the time until just recently to you know look around and get out of my own head for a brief second and see how blessed I am. Somewhere out there, you know, someone's working 10 times harder than me for, you know, literal pennies. Uh, Somewhere out there, someone's facing hundreds of thousands in student loan debt with no job. Um, Somewhere out there, someone just took their very last breath. So while getting out of debt is important to me, I've realized that, you know, I can't stop living life. Because let's be real, tomorrow is not promised. And I think we've seen that from, you know, we've seen that a lot in 2019. So as we go into the new year, we go into 2020, uh, tighten up that budget, set realistic financial goals for yourself and achieve them. But this is a reminder to myself and to you as well. Don't forget to let your hair down and have some fun while doing it too. All right, guys, I will see you in 2020. Let's get into today's episode. My name is Sherry Penn, and I am the creator and author of The Kind Izzy Tales. I am originally from Central Florida and moved to Atlanta about a year and a half ago. Awesome. So what brought you down here to Atlanta? Really, honestly, to pursue my book series. I just felt like Atlanta was full of creatives mm-hmm. and, you know, people of color. So I wanted to pursue, I guess, the Atlanta dream. So what is your earliest money conversation with your parents? I don't remember the exact, like, you know, earliest conversation, but my parents have always been open about money. Um, in Central Florida, we have, like, you know, Central Florida Credit Union, and I vividly remember at, like, four having my little bank account. Um, it was, like, Looney Tunes-based, and so I had my little quarter collector and my little checkbook. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's, that's they pretty much kind of outlined that from the beginning, but shaky after that oh yeah no. I kind of got shaky because you know my parents they talked about money and they tried to lay the ground the groundwork like they did the best they could but you know when the actions don't match the words your perception of money gets distorted mm-hmm. so I see all these credit cards and all these purchases and then they're stressed about money so it's like how are you teaching me how to manage money when you're stressed out. Yeah, you're stressed out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, no, that, that's such a good point when parents, like, try and tell you, yeah. like, save your money, don't spend. <laughs> exactly. And then they're like, I have no money. I'm so stressed exactly. out. Exactly. Like, yes. What? Like, what is going yeah. on here? Um, how do you think money was perceived in your household? I, I think, honestly, this might sound weird, but I think too much emphasis was put on money hmm. in my household. Explain. 
Um, like I said, like they they tried to lay the groundwork. Like my dad tried to pull out the budget sheets and all that good stuff. But then again, it was like, well, we need new furniture and just swipe the card. And so it was kind of like, I think my parents coming from the Caribbean and not having much, I think they kind of overcompensated. So money was kind of held at a certain like standard in our household. Yeah. So it kind of. Kind of, my brothers and I, I guess we started chasing the money instead of really understanding, you know, the purpose of money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, if that makes sense. So it was basically like as soon as you could work, you were like, I'm getting a job. Yeah, because I want to buy things, not because I want to save, but because, oh, I want this car, I want these shoes. Like, Mm. high school, I was all about sneakers, so... Yeah, where is all that money? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Based on your upbringing and your experiences when you were younger with money, how do you think that's affected you today? It's had a large impact. Um, I think I have a fear of money. Um, Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I think I have a, like, of course, I want to make money and stuff, but, you know, basically, am I ever going to be satisfied with, like, a certain amount of money? Like, yeah. I don't want to be a slave to money. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, there are studies that say that, like, after a certain uh, salary level, money doesn't really, like, phase you. I, hmm. I think it's, like, after $70,000. Really? Like, you, like, it doesn't really, like, make much of a difference in your life. You're kind of like, okay, cool. And that's probably because I've seen my parents chase money my whole life. That It, mm. it probably ties into that. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. That's, that's so interesting. But I think that's, it's. I mean, it's a valid fear to have because okay. like you don't want to like spend your whole life chasing after money. Right. That's kind of vain. In yeah, a sense. yeah. So yeah, I get that. I, de- I definitely get that. Um, so, how do you handle your money now? Like, do you budget? Are you yeah. just like a free spirited spender? Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so honestly, since I have moved to Atlanta, I'm by myself, just kind of like you know, I'm just gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Money, I have been in survival mode. I'll say that. Mm. I have been in survival mode since I've been to Atlanta. Like, I haven't been able to really enjoy Atlanta because I'm pinching pennies. So, like, I have an Excel spreadsheet where I have all my expenses and all that good stuff. And it's literally, like, paycheck to paycheck. And then plus trying to be a creative, any extra money I do have, it goes towards my book series. Yeah. Yeah. So, what does survival mode look like stressful for you it's <laughs> stressful yeah. I literally um I moved to Atlanta in April of 2018 by July maybe I was calling home for like help and then my parents were kind of like well mm, you, you chose to move there so I literally had two jobs up until this past August mm. and that's literally working like 60 days I mean 60 hours a week. a week. Sunday was my only day off. Wow. I would get off of work at 5 p.m. and go straight to my uh, hostess job in Midtown. I and remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 And then get off at like 1, 2 in the morning, literally sleep all day, go back to work at 6, and then get off at like 2 in the morning. So by wow. Sunday, like there's stuff I need to do, but I'm literally exhausted. Yeah, you just have no energy. Yeah. Yeah. So you no longer have the hosting no, job? No, I ended up getting a higher paying job. Woo. Right. <laughs> but I kind of feel like I should have held on to it mm-hmm. because it compensates for me not having the second job, but it still doesn't push me over that threshold of like, 
you can relax now. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think you need to do to kind of get you to that point where you are ready to just like relax? I am still applying. <laughs> I'm still applying. Yeah. 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 So if, so what is your goal then. Honestly, like, do you want to quit your full time job and I become an do. author, or not just not, not become? Well, let me rephrase that. <laughs> not become an author because you are, but you do like having that be your bread and butter. Not that just that. I have some other creative. Like I've been a creative since I was a kid. I'm I'm always coming up with like different ideas, and I really want to be a full time entrepreneur, but it's just not realistic right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're definitely not one of those people who's like who are like I'm just gonna quit my job and focus and everything will fall into place no that gives me anxiety Mm. and I know you have to have faith and I definitely do but these bills are real (laughs) these student loans are crazy how do you brought that up so Mm -hmm. let's talk about that a little bit I've personally noticed that like a lot of people now it used to I feel like it used to be where people would go to high school get their bachelor's and then that's it straight to the workforce right. but now I'm noticing like a lot more of my peers and my friends they'll either graduate with like their bachelor's and then maybe be in the workforce for like a year and go back to school or just go straight from getting their bachelor's straight to in. their master's yeah. and I'm like whoa like yeah when did this is it because now I'm older and I know these people like what's going on right so what made you decide to go get your your master's and what was that like so I went I did undergrad in New York as well as um, I went to the same school it's a, a small school in Westchester New York And at the time, I got a general business degree. I've always loved business, but had I really, like, fleshed out what I'm really passionate about, I wouldn't have gotten a degree in business. Uh, It's helping me in a way, especially with the book series. But So I got a general business degree, and then the jobs just weren't coming. So in my head, I'm like, okay, I need an advanced degree. I probably should have talked to somebody about that, but I went ahead and did it. And even now with a master's degree, there's st- people are still looking at me like, so where's your 10 years of experience? Like it just, yeah, it's, it's stressful. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So would you recommend for people to kind of get their undergrad, get a little bit of work experience yeah. and then get their master's? Yeah, I, I have friends now that are like, Sherry, I want to get my master's. And I'm like, okay, before you do this, really try to, of course you can't predict life because it's so unpredictable, right. but really try to map out what you're going to do with this master's degree because it doesn't make sense to go and get it and then try to figure it out then because then you're sitting with all this student loan debt and mm-hmm. this advanced degree and you're still not getting the jobs that's just my experience yeah yeah in comparison to like your student loan debt and what you're making now like you don't have to give specific numbers yeah. at all I, I, I won't do that to you but like how does that it in is, comparison it does not compare in my mind it doesn't, doesn't compare, compare at all so Mm-mm. not worth it yeah I, I don't regret it I just wish I would have went a different route. Gotcha. I wish I would have really thought about what I'm really passionate about mm-hmm. and pursued that. Mm-hmm. And that may not have needed a master's degree. Like sometimes, because I love kids. I mm-hmm. love community work. I used to work for a nonprofit in Central Florida. But my master's degree is in business. So 
when I'm applying for those like hard work jobs, they're looking like, well, your experience is in finance. Like what, like how? And then I kind of have to like pour my heart out and then still not get the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Cause I, I, I would think that like you being like an author specifically for like, with children's Kids, books, yeah. yeah, like you, they'd be like, "Oh my gosh!" Like you have the you have like the business aspect about you. You obviously like you love kids. That's so interesting. That's what I felt. That's why I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna make it in Atlanta." Like this is, yeah. And then I got here, and I'm like, "Oh, everybody has this degree. Everybody yeah. has this experience." It's so you know, so who you know here sometimes. Yeah, yeah. sometimes is it, it, yeah. it is very important. How did money affect your journey as a published author? Okay. So, like, because <laughs> I know, like, okay, so I just printed out, like, my first I budget know, journals. and I was so sad that it's, not <laughs> sad that it's sold out. Like, I'm excited, and congrats. Thank you. But I was you. like, I'm about to see her, and I wanted to get one, <laughs> and they're done. They're gone. But I know you're putting out PDF. Yes, yes, I am. Okay. But, like, just... I'm going to be very, like, transparent. Uh-huh. For me, it wasn't about the money at all. I was right. like, whatever. But, like, I definitely spent a lot Girl. more <laughs> than yes. what I got back, which yeah. I, which is completely fine, you guys. Right. I'm so yes. happy. Support. Yeah, support. <laughs> that, that, that's, like, more important to me. But I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, if I'm going to yeah. continue to do this as, like, a business, yeah. that's going to be hard because I definitely spent, like, mm-hmm way more than yes. what I got back. So I'm like, ooh, like, I love helping people, but... but uh, <laughs> yes. The coins. The coins, my, yes. My account was screaming. Oh, money has been the most stressful part of being an author. Mm-hmm. Because it, as a, an, any creative can probably relate, like, you have this idea and you just want to get it out, but then money is involved Mm -hmm. so like originally i'm not sure how many people know originally i self-published the book in 2015 and i used a program called create space which is basically amazon's um self-publishing platform so you pretty much upload your finished product and amazon acts as your publisher printer hosting it on their website all that and in return they take like 70 percent Oh my gosh. So all the people who bought that original version, I was like, why would I be sending them to Amazon? Like, I can do this myself. Mm -hmm. And then that's what I turned around and did, put money. Mm -hmm. It it took a lot. Like, I'm not a web designer, so I had to pay for one. Um, I have an illustrator. I've had to pay for that. I wanted to be special and have hardcover books this time. And... Printing hardcover in America is expensive. So I ended up outsourcing in China. But then I overordered. So now I have all these books. <laughs> and people think the hardest part is actually getting the product. No, it's selling it. Yeah. It is really selling it. And even though people love the idea of children's books, getting them to buy it is a, is a different story. story and I don't know it's because they feel like kids aren't gonna read it or if the parents feel like they have to read it to the kids I'm not mm-hmm. sure but I probably just need to hit the pavement more mm-hmm. but money has played a big part and in order for me to get where I'm at right now I used a lot of my savings mm-hmm. my parents helped out friends helped out I had to go fund me all of that mm-hmm. and still even now with the product now having like, I do little events here and there at, in Atlanta. You have to pay for those events. Gas. 
um, shipping materials, mm-hmm. marketing materials. Mm-hmm. So it's still a lot more money to be spent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think that this is something that you... Okay, like, let's just say if you were like, okay, in five years, yeah. if this career isn't where I wanted to go, would you, like, walk away? Or are you someone that would still try and make it work because you believe in it so much? I'll try and make it work. Because I really, I literally believe in, like, my product. I really believe in diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. I really feel like kids need to see themselves. Mm-hmm. So th- I think that's why I go so hard. It's Even though the money is funny, <laughs> I, I continue to push it because I, I just believe in it that much. What are some things um, in regards to money and entrepreneurship that you know now that you didn't know a couple years ago? And, you know, I kick myself because I do have a business degree. I should know better. Please write your business plan. Please. Mm -hmm. And the hardest part for a lot of people is the financials, but it is so important. Like, you really need to sit there and try to figure out, like, okay, is this worth it? Is this not worth it? Like, what are these projections? What am I going to have to do to cross over that threshold? Because I didn't do that. <laughs> and so it's like, it's literally when I can put money into this business account, aside from the sales, that's what I do. Yeah. So it's a struggle. It's, it's, you know, I'm learning as I go. But yeah. like I said, I should know better because I was taught how to do a do business that. plan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. It's all right. Definitely, like, don't think of things that we know. Right. I just wanted so, to get it out. Like, I was just that. You're excited about that it. Year. You're like, do, 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 yeah. do. like, here it is. <laughs> but I mean, hey, I think that, like, it's better that you had an idea, acted on it, and just, yeah. like, went for it as opposed to, like, have an idea, and sit on it. Yeah, yeah, sitting like, on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... Like, don't get me wrong, guys. I'm still proud of it. I'm still excited. It's just... Listen to people when they tell you you need to plan. Like, mm-hmm. yes, step out on faith. But please, try to map it out a little bit. Definitely. Because, yeah, it gets funny. Yeah. <laughs> it gets funny. I 100% agree. <laughs> so, what are your money goals for 2020? Ah. And entrepreneur, entrepreneurial goals, too, if you want to throw that in there. Okay. Um, my personal money goals for 2020. So, I have a problem where I set these super high expectations for mm-hmm. myself. And then when I don't meet them, I beat them myself up. So as I'm turning 30, I have like literally have self-talks every day leading up to this birthday. And I'm like, okay, Sherry, we're going to set the goals to try to like eliminate some of your personal debt, but they're going to be realistic. Like, yes, you're going to have to cut down on eating out. I don't cook, guys. I don't cook. Look, me in the kitchen are not friends. And honestly, like, I'm not a big spender. What I am is I'm a spontaneous, like, small spender, mm-hmm. and it adds up. And especially mm-hmm. with fast food, like, I have a problem. So I, I, my personal goal is to, like, cut down on all those little small sporadic purchases and really put that extra money towards trying to build a real savings mm-hmm. um, and work on my student loan debt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, as far as entrepreneurial goals, I really do... I've done, like I said, a couple of events here and there in Atlanta, but I really want to hit the ground running with this book series because it's only going to go as far as I take it. Yeah. So that's my goal with that. And I've had to slow myself down because, like I said, I have all these other ideas, but it's, Sherry, do one thing at a time. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's where I'm at for 2020. Sounds like pretty good, pretty good <laughs> goals to me. So, last question. Okay. What is one piece of advice that you'd give to your younger self about money? <sighs> Do not be afraid of money. Because, you know, when you fear something, it ultimately controls you. And like I said earlier in the conversation, I kind of feel like I'm always chasing money. Like money controls me. So I would tell my younger self to really like, yeah, listen to your parents, but try to, you know, look for some money advice other places. Like don't be afraid of that and really get a good grasp of how to budget money and make your money work for you. I love it. And apply for the scholarships. Oh, yeah. Don't be lazy. <laughs> apply for the scholarships. Apply for the grants. Don't just rely on student loans because you do have to pay it back. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you have you to do. pay it back. It doesn't feel like it when you're when you're signing that right, policy right, right. now. You're like, yeah, like, yeah. I'll, I'll graduate. I'll get that job making six exactly. figures and I'll just pay it all back. Financial like, aid is just like, sign here. Yeah, you get your refund check. You know, they, they don't <laughs> tell you like... Don't spend the refund check. You need to, you know, maybe put that aside because you're going to have to pay it back. back. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, life, right? Yes. Life.